study books out. You have to kind of get a handle on what's happening. But we're going to jump into the gospel, and it's Luke 17. So there's Bibles there in the pews. Uh, I'm, I'm reading out of the, I call it the old NIV. The new NIV, they changed a lot of things. So I'm still reading out of what the NIV was five years ago. And so people have asked me what version, and I'm, the new NIV, they did a lot of changing. And so I'm not really there. But this is I'm reading out of the old NIV. I think in, there's different Bibles in there in the pew, and it's a 17 verses 11 through 17. Very simple story. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into the village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at the feet, at Jesus' feet, and thanked him, for he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. First question was, what does this passage kind of show me about the heart of Jesus? or the heart of God. I love discovering the heart of God. The more I study, and the more you can look through history, and the more you're kind of into the word, you see we have this God that is undescribable. Sometimes, so on his way to Jerusalem, so first thing that I see about the heart of God is that he passes through our life. He doesn't just meet us at church. He's passing through. He's on his way to Jerusalem. He's between Samaria and Galilee. A lot of the ministry of Jesus happened as he was passing through. They weren't planned. I mean, they didn't appear to be planned. You remember he was passing through and he saw the little man in the tree. His name was what? Zacchaeus. He met a woman at the well as they were drawing water. He was just passing through. My God passes through my life and passes through your life. And he wants to do life that way. You remember the woman with the issue of blood? I love kind of doing life and realizing that not only can God meet me right where I'm at, at work, or in my neighborhood, or at the doctor's office, or in a soccer game, or a wrestling match, uh, in, a, in a sense, he kind of passes through. As he was passing through, God heard their cry. I have a hearing God. I have a God that hears our cry. 
if you were to like just get your phone out real quick and put the word cry in scripture, there's just, it tells us to cry out. Uh, he heard the cry. The cry was, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. We have a God that hears. In this passage, we have a God that responded. Jesus responded to their cry. The heart of, of God is not only to hear, not only to pass through our lives, but then to, to respond to the cry. We have a God that gives instructions. And what instructions were given in this little passage? Now remember, these, these 10 had a problem. What was their problem? Their leprosy. They were, and we'll talk about the problem because we all have problems. We'll kind of look at the heart of man in a moment. So these, this group was kind of cast out of the city. And they were, and he heard their cry. And the instructions were to go show yourself to the priest. Often God wants to involve us. He doesn't just want to take care of our problems like, he could have just said, you're healed, boom. And they could have been like, I'm healed. He said, go show yourself. Go take some what? Steps of faith. Take some action. God's a God that calls us to action. I mean, as you walk with him, it's like, they didn't have a lot of choice, did they? Now, where you realize that they were going to show themselves the priest because they couldn't go back into the city unless they were healed because leprosy was something that was contagious, and so they had to go through the priest. And so he gave them instructions, and we have a God that likes to involve us. So to me, that's a pretty good list of kind of the heart and the nature of God. Another nature of God is a healing God. As they went, they were healed. They were touched by the power of God. They had a death sentence, and God, I've never seen leprosy, but I have seen skin infections. They're not pretty, and they begin to get pretty, what, pretty rank. And I know what a new pink skin looks like as healing begins to happen. And somehow, they said they looked down and they saw there was something that God did. And they were healed. So you kind of see, kind of like you begin to kind of take the story and, and you begin to kind of like, wow, we have a, this is amazing God. Now we're looking at God right now. We're looking at Jesus. And one came back to praise him. And my Jesus is able to take the praise and receive the praise of men. He loves our praises. If you read the passage, he kind of asks the question, where are the other nine? Because when I show up and I pass through your life and I make a difference, we're in, now we're in a relationship, and it, praise and worship is something that, in a sense, needs to happen. So we have, it's kind of crazy to think that our God desires our praise. It's like, he doesn't need nothing, but yet he loves our praise. The heart of God is that when this morning as we came into his presence, uh, he enjoyed our presence. The little we had to offer. 
we had a little teacher with a health issue, so I spent more time in the preschool than I've ever had in my life. I usually go there, stir them up, and leave. And they all say, thank you, Pastor Guy. Well, I had four hours with them, and I started getting refrigerator art from them. You guys know what refrigerator art is? It's the art that they make at preschool, and they hand it to you with, Pastor Guy, I made something for you. And you're going like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> what is it? But a good, you, you, have you been there? Okay, so you dare not like, you better put it on your refrigerator. You better put that art up. And, and I was preparing, I feel like my worship is kind of like refrigerator art to God. Like, it's not much. It has no value, but because it's coming from me, he receives it. That is something beautiful about my God. Now, Jesus asked the hard questions. You ever been asked the hard questions before? So his question, at least in this little section, was, uh, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? He asked three questions. Was no one found to return and give thanks to God except this foreigner? Uh, scripture asks hard questions. Uh, the Holy Spirit whispers hard questions in our heart, like, do you really want to be doing that? Or does that bring me glory? Or does that make me more like, does that make you more like Christ? Those are hard questions. It's hard to say, no, I'm doing it because I want to. I'm selfish. And, you know, see, he asks us hard questions to steer us in the right direction. So it's a simple little story, but the heart of God is revealed. You're kind of getting the point. And each one of those things are pretty powerful. Uh, those are life-changing. All said and done, at the very end, what happens? Is Jesus done? He's, this man's already healed. This man already gave him thanks, and then Jesus said, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. And everywhere I looked, it talked about salvation. So God healed the skin of this leopard, but he also healed the heart. That's the type of God I have. He'll take care of the outside, but he really wants is your heart. The other nine sort of missed out on the second healing, the second so that's a little bit about the heart of God. And you can do the same thing. You can go back through and just read another little, like the rich man and Lazarus. That's a beautiful story. Uh, you can really learn about the heart of God. Just back a few verses. Let's look at the heart of man. I'll just kind of start reading. You'll, you'll begin to see the heart of man. As he was going into the village, ten men who had leprosy met him, and they stood at a distance. And he called out in a loud voice, Jesus, a master, have pity on us. So the man's heart is needy. man's heart is sick. man's heart is isolated. Sometimes we find ourselves in hard places. We do have an ability as men and women to cry out, Jesus, master, have pity on us. We have the ability to respond. He said, go, and guess what they did? 
they went. We have that ability to follow the, the call of God. We have the ability, as God instructs us, to take those steps. We have the ability to come back and praise him after we received a healing. We have the ability to humble ourselves. So here's, he grabbed the feet of Jesus, which means he had to get down on his what? His knees or his face. And it said in a loud voice, a loud cry, he kind of like did a, a tackle and, and hung on the feet of Jesus and thanked him for a new lease on life. He can go back to work. He could be with his family. He could watch his family grow up. He thanked Jesus in a loud voice. Last Sunday morning, I was standing right here, and you're lucky that I was standing in front, because the last song, I think I, Corey and I just talk about weird things. I said, I worship at the top of my lungs. I, I turned away so Linnea wouldn't have to hear me, and it was one of my favorite songs, and I kind of sung to the speakers, and I, I use the word unthrottled. I didn't really care. Often we're kind of concerned that we're going to be a foolish or that we're going to sound terrible. But after uh, seeing Mackenzie up on the screen and hearing what God did in Turkey and after hearing what God is doing in our middle schools, all I could do is, with my breath and my lungs, is declare his greatness. I love this little story because this guy was unthrottled. If you've never kind of been unthrottled, which means that you're not like, like taking it easy. Uh, you're just kind of like, okay, God, here we go. It's a little scary. Usually we kind of get in the presence of the Lord and we got to pull our gas pedal back a little bit because we don't want to be too weird. And we don't want to like get too emotional. And, 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 and I, I encourage you, this story of this man, uh, he went for it. And there was a, a deep sense of, of gratitude uh, with the things of God. He humbled himself. He thanked the Lord. So man can be uh, blessed and touched by God. So that's a pretty amazing fact is that we can really receive the touch of God. And as you read through scripture, you see the hand of God touching you. On the negative side, we can be kind of uh, like the other nine. You ever been there? Like God has blessed you, God has touched you, you've got your health, you've got, you've got everything, and you find yourself too busy, or you find yourself distracted. You find yourself pretty uh, filled with life. Uh, and the, we have an ability, in fact, it was a 90% chance 90% of the people who were touched by God, healed by God, given a brand new lease on life, forgot to come back and say, thank you. So I love the story because I want to be able to find that place where I come back and begin to thank the Lord for my salvation, for my sanctification, for my forgiveness, for my joy. Your little daughter, can I share the story? You want to share it? Why don't you share just what happened last Saturday? Is that, is that, is that, so your daughter accepted Jesus on Saturday. 
And so when she greeted Rachel and I right here, she said, I felt joy all week. She, she said, that was one of my biggest this week. So as the Lord touched her, she was filled with joy. And that, it's, not the, and that's, it's beautiful. And then she proclaimed it right here. She didn't just keep it to herself. She gave God the thanks. You're going to get baptized this afternoon, don't you? <laughs> We're excited to see what God's going to do. First question is a heart of God, a heart of the, the mind of Christ. Then kind of the, this is a pretty good story when it comes to men. There's some other man stories like the rich young ruler who said, not me because I'm rich and I, ain't, I can't do those things. And he walked away sad. But this story, there was one foreigner who came back and had that ability to give thanks to the Lord. So question three is like, where do I find myself in the story? Where do you find yourself? What part of the story do you find yourself? And I can't answer that question. That's your place. Maybe you find yourself sort of lost and you've got a sickness and what you once had, you don't have, and there seems like there's no hope. Maybe you know Jesus, but like, where is he? And all of a sudden, Lord, will you just show up? Can I cry out to you? I'm not sure. Uh, what would it be like to be in the story, be on the way back to say thanks? How cool would that be? I don't know where he is, but I'm going to go find him. You know, I, you know I, I've been gone for, it doesn't say how long he was gone, but they were heading to talk to the priest, and, and then all of a sudden he's on his way back, and he's like searching to say, because I'm not going to waste this opportunity to thank Jesus. So where kind of are you in this story? Are you needing a healing are you at the feet of Jesus praising him? Or you just kind of got busy? Kind of got busy. Kind of taking God for granted. We've all been to all these places. Then the last question is, what is God calling to me kind of like right now? How am I to respond to the word of God? That's kind of where the Holy Spirit will, will come alongside and begin to show you. Uh, as I prayed this morning, it was the area of taking a step in leadership. So I'm a, one of my strongest spiritual gifts is servanthood. And I love the word servant leader. It's a little more comfortable being a servant than it is a leader. And so in the midst of my cry out to God this morning, he said, he's kind of challenging me to take those steps in leadership. I have a master's in leadership. I know all about leadership. But how do you do that in the midst of Christian Life Center? How do you, how do you lead without, like, pushing? How do you direct and at the same time let the Holy Spirit do it? Because if I do it, it's not going to last but about five minutes. If God does it, it's going to last forever. So, that's just real personal. That's kind of where I'm at today when it comes to, 
I'm kind of being instructed to take a step in leadership. So what, where are you at in this story? These leopards were instructed to take a step towards the priest. So that's, that's kind of an applicational Bible study. Uh, my first response is, of course, I want to be at the foot of Jesus. I want to find myself just wrapped around his feet. And I love that, that picture. Uh, but sometimes as you look at scripture, it gets uncomfortable. And bottom line is I want Jesus to be the center of my story. I want Jesus to be the center of this church. Amen? I want the, this side of the wall, the prayer side, to kind of meet the vision side of the wall. And somewhere in the middle, God shows up. You saw that this morning. Amen? So let's stand together. Mike, come on up. We're going to respond. This is your opportunity. Uh, we're not going to go much, really much longer. We're going to have you just kind of take this scripture and kind of apply it to your life. This is a, the most important part is that whatever God calls you to do, you can't do it yourself. Okay? So uh, it's not more effort. It's, it's about saying, okay, Lord, I've heard your call, and now help me respond because my response is going to be so limited. And you've already kind of done the cross. You've paid the final cost. You've promised the Holy Spirit. And no matter what I'm walking through, you're more than enough. And I don't need to try harder. I just need more of you, God. I don't need to just write goals. I need you to be my goal. Thank you, Lord.
God, and uh, He created us in His image, and so we have the ability, as we cry out, to have a relationship, and then with that relationship, then we get to kind of spread that love to others, not our love, but His love through us, and there's whole lots of ways to do that. Uh, you saw that today in the family. There's fill a shoebox, and what's exciting about this is the kids are given uh, a Bible study as they receive the gift. And then they're invited back to, no matter what church it is, they're invited back to have a 12-week course on who Jesus is. And if they re complete the course, they get a Bible. And, and there's been, this is happening all around the world. Uh, and as a church, it's just one expression of what we can do as a response to the goodness of God. I'm kind of looking forward to uh, filling my box. It looks kind of small, so I might have to be real careful on what I put in there. So the bus leaves at two if you need a ride. Uh, you can drive your own car. It'll probably be a little faster and a little less noisy. Uh, if you can't join us, we'll do other. It's not just a youth group event. It's a church family event, and we're really wanting to be a church family. Uh, we'll have our adult events. We'll have our, you know, youth trips, but there's going to be times where we come together and share the goodness of the Lord. So have a wonderful day. Enjoy, enjoy the presence of the Lord in your heart. Thank you, worship team. Amen.